Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Victoria on from PeopleKeep, and we'll be learning about the business case, use case, for why customers and prospects pick PeopleKeep. So we'll just jump right into it. Victoria, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and PeopleKeep? Sure. My name is Victoria Glickman-Hodgkins, and I'm the CEO of PeopleKeep. And at PeopleKeep, we're a software company that helps small to mid-sized employers design, launch, and manage benefits. So for us, small to mid-size means roughly any employer with um, 300 or fewer employees. And in terms of benefits, we focus really in two areas. One are health benefits uh, called health reimbursement arrangements or HRAs. And the other category is what we call work perks. Some other vendors might call it fringe benefits, stipends, lifestyle spending accounts. And there, there are really two types of work perks that we're seeing employers be primarily interested in. One is a home office or remote work. So that's reimbursing employees for expenses like cell phone, internet access, home office equipment. And in certain states like California, employers are actually required to reimburse the cell phone and internet. Yeah, if you use that for work. And then the other type of work work um, is uh, really around wellness. Employers are looking for new ways to care for their employees. And so they set up a wellness work perk or stipend that can cover mental health, um, clinical services, yoga classes, gym memberships, mobile apps for uh, weight loss, meditation, anxiety, and the like. So, so a, n- a number of, we, we, we're going to be able to unpack a lot of fun stuff here. So design and launch, um, did we start with select? Are we helping them actually pick the kind of the array of things that they should, uh, or that would be optimal for their employees? Yeah, well, most um, of our prospects, they come in with a problem that they're looking to solve. They're right. not quite sure what the solution is. Um, some of our prospects are, um, you know, have done a lot of market research and they're really in a shop mode and they have specific criteria that they're looking for the software to meet. But most folks are not necessarily there yet. They have a problem and they're often starting with um, health benefits. So they uh, know they want to offer a health benefit or they're currently doing a group health plan and finding that too complicated or too expensive. And so those those prospects primarily are looking for a health reimbursement arrangement, but they do need help to your point in choosing which one because they come right. in a couple different flavors. And then a lot of um, our prospects for work perks, they know they want to add to their benefits package. They're looking for ways to personalize benefits to different employees' needs. So they'll often come in specifically looking for how do I um, offer a wellness stipend to my employees or how do I do remote work stipend for employees? Um, but sometimes we can help them think through which category of work perk might might best meet their needs. 
Right. So, so uh, you mentioned at the beginning is small to medium. What def- definition in terms of a kind of an employee headcount? What are we What are we dealing with? Yeah. So for us, um, the Small Business Administration really defines that as 500 and fewer employees. Roughly, is roughly around 300. That isn't a firm, you know, set number. Right. Um, of course, under the Affordable Care Act. Um, Employers with 50 or more full-time equivalents have to provide a, a group plan, a health benefit. So, and and one of the things I wanted to ask you about this particular group, have they have they had benefits already, and they're just trying to figure out because of retention or attraction, uh, or just cost? Let's just you know whatever reasons they're driving it. Are they trying to find a better which a better way to go about this? Yeah, so I'll try not to get too wonky here. Oh no, I um, like I know we're going to get okay. wonky. Let's get wonky. Um, there, there are a couple of different types of health reimbursement arrangements, or HRAs, right. not to be confused with HSAs. Right. So one is called a qualified small employer HRA or QSERA, and as the name suggests, that's actually just for employers with fewer than fifty employees who do not have to under the ACA, provide a health benefit, but they want to right. uh, often for uh, hiring, um, but also for retention. And then, you know, we, we work with employers of all stripes and kinds. They, they want to do the right thing for their employees. So the vast majority of those employers, the qualified small employer HRA is an on-ramp to benefits. Right. This is the first time they're offering a benefit. Um, the other type of HRA I'll focus on, and there are a lot of acronyms here, is something called an individual contributor, mm-hmm. HRA or ICRA. It's newer. And this is for all sizes of employers from very small to very large. And this HRA is more of a mix. It is often we're seeing employers who um, find traditional group health plans too complicated, particularly if they're now um, a virtual company with remote employees in lots of different states. So finding a plan that meets their needs is difficult or, or too costly. So it's not, it's not unheard of for us to talk to employers who are suddenly looking at an literally 80% year-over-year cost increase in their group plan and saying, boy, I have no budgetary control. This is this is too costly for me. So with the ICRA, we see some employers offering a benefit for the first time, some employers choosing to switch from a group plan. And then right. also because of within ICRA, you can carve out different classes of employees like employees who live in a different state. Sometimes um, that HRA will just complement a group plan. So you might have a home home office, headquartered office in, in California, about a bunch of um, employees in Florida, and you can set up an ICRA for them in Florida. And so on, 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 on the, just on the health benefits side, just so the audience understand, what's the contribution look like now these days? So you're, uh, as a business, they're offering up, uh, now they're the first time they're offering up uh, benefits. So you know, there's probably education you have to do <laughs> with the, with them as clients. Like, okay, you know, there's an yeah. array. You know, there's different tiers and different plans, different ways to go about this. But but also, I think I've, I've found it shocking in the past that they they don't understand kind of the different contribution levels and the different ways that they can go about that. So what? And I won't date myself, but 
what does it look like today in today's market in terms of like what the company actually puts in? Yes. Uh, and I, actually, I'll just plug that we we do an annual report every year on both the Kisera and Ikra showing kind of average allowance amounts. Oh, so cool. uh, conceptually, an HRA is the employer arranges to provide an allowance, which right. is tax free, um, oh. both to the employer and the employee. So all payroll tax taxes, et cetera, gone. So tax-free money, uh, pretty much everybody likes it. But another reason employers like HRAs is that they can set a budget. So they have a lot greater budgetary certainty and control. So you can vary your allowance based on employee age and employee family status, single, married, married with dependents. Um, And under the QSERA, there's a cap in terms of uh, how much your allowance can be, but under ANICRA, there's really no cap. So we'll have employers, you know, set an allowance of uh, $800 for an individual and $1,200 for a family. And then the employee goes and uses that allowance uh, for eligible medical expenses. And the, it's the IRS who gets to tell us what's eligible and what's not. But the most common type of expense is a, a a health policy, a health plan. They go out and they buy their own insurance with that allowance. Right. So, so okay, no, no, finish your thoughts. No, finish sorry. Your thought. No, I was just going to say the contribution is, um, uh, it's known for the employer. They know it can't go any more than the top of their allowance per month. Right. And it does really vary widely um, from company to company. So now on the uh, perk side, how do we? How do you go about educating uh, the your prospects and your customers in terms of kind of the what's not just available because it's a sea of things that are available, but what's what's kind of working and kind of getting them to you know right size the things that would be the most effective because you know a perk's not a perk unless somebody uses it, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> so exactly. so okay. it is about, it is it is a, it is a kind of a game of consumption. You want them to use you want your employees to use it. So how do you uh, how do you have the conversation with you know, your prospects and your customers? Yes. So one of the things we suggest if um, prospects aren't sure is to do an employee survey and we actually have a template that they can use if they want to go out and understand what employees want because uh, we just did a, a recent report. We surveyed some of our customers because we think we're in a fairly unique position to be able to bring insight and amplify the voice of smaller employers because so much of the media market research focuses on enterprise, you know, large companies that everybody knows their brand name. So uh, what our report showed is that uh, 82% of um uh, employees feel that the benefits package is an important factor in accepting a job. And then once they're in the job, um, 65% want a say in what those benefits are. So right. a good way to understand that is run a survey. Um, some, some prospects come to us because of compliance, because they need to um, be offering these reimbursements, like in the state of California for cell phone and internet. Um, but mostly they're coming because they want to provide more personalized benefits, let employees pick and choose. So a survey is a good way to do it. The other thing we suggest is just to allow a lot of these subcategories. So you can really define a wellness stipend very broadly. 
And for some people, wellness will mean yoga classes. And for somebody else, uh, wellness will be, um, you know, a meditation app or health services, or, you know, you can even make massages uh, available under a wellness lab. And that lets employees, if you kind of define it broadly in the software, really pick and choose what is most meaningful to them. Well, I love that because then you get into kind of hyper-personalization. They, you know, just because, you know, your peer, um, you know, loves yoga doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to love yoga or that you want to do yoga. But, you know, I, I think this kind of cookie-cutter approach that we've historically had where we cast everyone in kind of the same light i love this approach of being able to say okay here's 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 the here's what you can pick from pick what you think is important to you and you can change uh i love that i want to get back to you know what you said at the very beginning in terms of designing and launching like i think the design the design part i think i think we've 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 touched on a lot of different parts of it so you, you can start with somebody that's done some of this you can start with somebody that's never done any of this and you can get them to a place the launch part is i believe the education and, and marketing aspects of getting the employees to understand what's available to them, if, if I have that right. You have that exactly right. It's also uh, things like having automated plan documents. So legally, you need to provide plan documents under an HRA, and our software platform will do that. But we will, the software will notify employees that they have a new benefit. It will provide um, uh, help articles and other artifacts to help get them into, um, the benefit. One of the things people really enjoy getting is they, they get an email every time they're reimbursed and it starts with ka-ching. So, you know, we'll let employees know where they are in the process of getting, uh, reimbursed. So that's really kind of the launch elements. Love that. What's working in what's working in launch uh, in, in terms of marketing and getting people to consume again both sides, both the health side and the perk side. And uh, you know, because I guess a hundred years ago we would put you know posters up in the break room, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing that now, duh. No. But uh, but what's working today? Or sort of stuffing flyers into people's um, cubby holes. Yeah. Uh, well. I think um, Victoria, we can laugh about it now. Yes, There's yes, enough time has passed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I, I think what really actually works, and this is going to sound funny coming from the CEO of a software company, but as, as good as the software is, uh, really the secret sauce is having somebody, um, particularly at a smaller employer, who is enthusiastic and passionate about benefits. And most smaller employers do not have specialists on their HR team. Um, So they don't have the luxury of somebody who knows benefits inside and out. But what we try to do is educate um, whoever's tasked with this uh, set of um, problems. Uh, We try to educate them and get them uh, to be advocates and be enthusiastic because that really, that really makes a huge difference. We can make the software um, as simple and easy to use as possible. And we do routinely here. It's very straightforward and simple, but it really helps when there is somebody at the organization, the nonprofit or the business who is really um, passionate about, about benefits. And then our job is just to enable him or her. 
I love this. All right, let's move to the buy side for just a second. And what I wanted to start with is, is questions that prospects should ask you. So again, we're dealing with somebody, maybe they've, they've never done this, maybe they have, et cetera. So you got kind of an array of different people, but like questions that you just love fielding from prospects. Yeah, I, I think uh, I had a feeling you would ask this question and it's a bit of a tricky one for me because for, for us, we are doing so much educating. Um, we would just say, ask lots of questions, make sure you really understand not only the concept, but also how the software works. So we do rely heavily on our demo. We kind of are in the frame of mind that a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, we really want them to ask lots of questions about, well, how does the software work? Can you show me this? Um, but we also hope that they'll ask about uh, our support team. Because we have a super support team. And then in our HRA world, we do document verification. So we'll actually look at receipts to keep the employer HIPAA compliant. So if you're administering the benefit, you're not going to know what your colleagues' healthcare expenses were. And so we, we hope that they'll ask about compliance and HIPAA because we feel those are strong suits for us. It's, it's interesting to me because uh, the experience that I have in this space, um, it, it's the, the shocker is uh, cost. Um, how much things cost and that the cost, generally speaking, never go down. <laughs> um, and, and it's always been kind of an interesting conversation to have with business owners. It's just like, okay, you want to do this, don't get it. Here's all the different ways that you're going to spend money on this and, and for good reason, uh, for retention, for engagement, for just, you know, for the right, all the right reasons. But here's, you know, these, here's the different cost buckets. And I'm always kind of amazed that when I talk to people that they, they didn't, they didn't understand how much, how much things cost or where some of the hidden costs are in benefits. Do you, do you find that, do you, first of all, that's a bit dated. Um, do you find that uh, when you work with prospects? Well, I think for our prospects, it's, they're, they're probably hidden costs, but it's just, it, it can feel a bit overwhelming yes. figuring out the benefits strategy and, you know, is our primary goal uh, hiring? Is it retaining? Is it doing right by employees and caring for them? And usually it's some combination of all three. Uh, but as again, if you're a hundred person specialized accounting firm, which we work with, with employees in many states, right? You're not going to have someone who knows benefits in and out. Right. So really it's helping people navigate uh, all the different options. And there's so many acronyms, as I said, there are HSAs and HRAs, there are stipends, there are perks. Well, you know, what does all this mean? Um, and then, and then figuring out the cost. But again, with, with work perks and with HRAs, the employer is setting a, setting an allowance amount. And so that budgetary control is really helpful to them. Um, and that's not going to go up based on what the, the insurance companies come back with year to year. The employees costs may go up. And so you may have to adjust your stipend, but it's a lot simpler and just more known. So, you know, the finance team tends to love these benefits because they're, they're a known cost you can plug into your financial model. So, and, and what I was meeting with the business owners is they, uh, 
the, you know, they're, they're looking at, sometimes they're looking at cost containment. So it's, it's like the juxtaposition of, I want to do the right thing. I want to do right by my employees at the same time. This is going to be a, a pretty a relatively a large number uh, line item on my budget, and so it's kind of this it's really really interesting dichotomy uh, of, of or you know conflict if you will internally for most business owners is how do I do this the right way and I love how that y'all help them navigate that uh, especially for people that again they don't have a we you know they don't have a benefits person they don't, might not even have an HR person uh, and uh, and and you know. They need people like you that can actually navigate the waters because it is for you. It's not, <laughs> but for everyone else, you know, it is tricky. Like all of this stuff is tricky and it changes like, you know, super fast. So I love it. Um, you mentioned the software and, the, and I wanted to ask you about your demo. What's your favorite part of showing people uh, people keep like, what's your favorite part when you get to the, this part in the demo, you're just like, I like this part. I think it's when folks realize that they're, it's really simple for the employee as well. And it's very easy to use. I have a good little anecdote, which we, um, we have a customer who's a commercial cattle ranch and they were talking to their account manager at people keep, we call them customer success managers. And the, um, the customer said, I'd really like to tell the team at people keep thank you because it is very easy for our employees to use uh, people keep on their phone. And this is almost a direct, direct quote. They said, you know, our cowboys are out on their horses all day long, yeah. but they can use their health benefit thanks to people keep. And that was just a fun moment for the team to think about you know, modern day cowboys out on horses with modern day benefits. So I think it's really when people see that, um, uh, employees will find this simple to use because if you're doing this, you, to your point, you want employees to use your benefits. Mm -hmm. All right. Last thing is favorite customer story without names, brands or that type of stuff, but just something where you're like, you made a difference. You, you touches your heart. You just love the story. Yeah. I, I love the, I love the cowboy story because it's just a great mental image. And I will say it's, I, I think the most fulfilling thing at people keep is we just see this very wide range of American employers, all really all walks of life, um, all with very similar, um, similar problems they're looking to solve. I think our nonprofit customers really probably run the entire political spectrum, but they, they have a lot in common actually when they come to us looking for benefits. I really like when we can help an employer provide um, a great benefit and save money. So we have, um, a mortgage loan servicer who has um, who has about 80 employees. And when they came to PeopleKeep, they were just looking at a really large increase in their group plan. And now they're saving over $10,000 a month. And employees feel that they have a better benefit because they've been able to go out and find really high quality plans. So that, that does feel good when that happens. Drops mic, walks off stage. Victoria, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, William. It's been fun. Absolutely. And everyone, thanks for listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.